Welcome to the Unestablished Podcast, a podcast about the unexplained shenanigans of adulthood. Adulting is challenging, but with a little wine and an unfiltered conversation, we'll get through this together. Each week, we will discuss the perceptions of what it means to live the broke rich lifestyle as an unestablished adult. Living broke rich is not just about monetary assets. There are levels of this shit. Now, here are your hosts, Constance, Jawanda, and Monique. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Unestablished Podcast. Hello, 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 people. Hi, friends. Thanks for joining us. We have another episode to give y'all, and hopefully it's a good one. You enjoy it. So we're excited. Yes, and today we're joined by our very special guest, Miss Lanice. Hello, hello. Hello. Uh, She is uh, someone that we've known for quite some time and so glad to be able to converse with her on such a cool topic. We're going to be talking about um, mental wellness today. But before we get into it, um, Lanice, you want to like kind of introduce yourself and tell the people who you are? Yeah. um, First of all, I'm super excited to be here. Thank y'all for inviting me to uh, just record and be a part of this podcast. I've never been a part of a podcast before. So right now, I feel like uh, a Drake album just dropped in my life. So (laughs) I'm super excited for this. Um, uh, My name is Lanice Mazik. I am uh, a number of things, jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, I am a therapist, a mental health therapist. I am also... Uh, a chef, I cook. I um have a ton of things kind of on my to do list, my project list. The biggest of these is kind of just wellness and health and making sure that people kind of live their best whole selves, whole lives. Um, I am the uh podcast on your favorite road trip. I am the auntie you never knew you wanted. Um, the one who's gonna sit you down and talk to you, have a good time, which is uh a little bit of time with the brown. Um, a lot more Lil' Kim. So, um, I have some kind of facets and nuances with me, but the biggest that I do is, um, I'm a psychotherapist and I love doing it every day. So that's a little bit about me. I'm also a member of Beta Phi Beta, like these lovely ladies sitting there in front of me. <laughs> and, um, for that reason, um, loving on people is what I do. I love that. I feel that wholeheartedly. Hmm. Secretly, uh, being a, um, I thought I wanted to be a a psychologist. I actually got my undergrad degree in psychology, but I ended up in other places. Sad face. Come back. (laughs) I gotta go. You still help up with psychology, just in the drug? You want me to go back to school? You want me to put more student loans on my, on my life? However you love on people is how you love on them, okay? If you making dinners on Sundays, then that's how you love on folks. If you making cookies, then that's how you love on folks. If you giving people $2 at the gas station, and that's how you love on folks. It's all work. It's all the work that we all need. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be going to school and getting degrees. It could just be choosing to be kind to people. It counts. Um, I'm not sure how close it'll get you into heaven, but it counts. Uh, I, I do not have a verified source on that, but I believe, I hopefully it counts. Hopefully God ain't discount sins, but um, <laughs> hopefully it counts some wins too. But um, yeah, it all, it all matters. It all counts. And so however you want to, I'm pretty sure you use your psychology every day anyway. Um, 
But however you want to use it, however it is kind of like impaled on your heart is how you should use it. She's loving on people by passing out these drugs. That's right. <laughs> Shipping them out every day. <laughs> people need those. Oh, they really I, do. I said, people need drugs. I mean, you know, a lot of people. Um, some people don't need drugs, but yeah, some people some don't. People do. Um, and so just think about the fact that you are literally helping people make um, connections in their bodies that they may not otherwise have access to. And so you are doing the work. Hashtag perspective. Yes, Lord. <laughs> I'll think about that the next time you go to work, madam. Oh, Lord. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Not tomorrow. <laughs> oh, well, we wanted to just talk about... Um, our main thing was just about a prioritizing li- our lives and our mental health or things that are going on in our lives with our mental yeah. health. Yeah. So we figured that you would be the perfect person to have that conversation with, and we know you, so I'm pretty sure it will be a great conversation as well. Um, so the cor- the first question that I wanted to ask is, do you think it's normal or typical for people just in general in life to just choose their careers or family over their mental health? Like, it's just not like whether it's right or not, but is it like something that we normally do in day-to-day um I think it vastly depends on which generation you ask um because I think the version of the answer to what mental health is is going to vary right um back in the day folks would be like just go ahead and pray it away right just get on here and get up and go on from real <laughs> go get some ginger ale you'll be fine no, ma'am, you have an ulcer like you won't be fine right like it's just it depends on yeah. how we define Mental health. And mental so health. Okay. I think this generation has done a really good job in terms of um, looking broadly at, like, we didn't talk about anxiety and depression growing up. We were just like, you. I remember my grandmother being, um, my mom would always say, like, oh, her nerves are just bad, right? Mm. Older me now knows mm. she probably had, like, generalized anxiety disorder really badly. Um, as a kid, I was just like, Oh, she just got to upset stomach because she worried about her bills, mm. right? And so it depends on how you define mental health. I think it is normal for us to prioritize everything over our mental health because that's a long haul kind of thing, right? You can't just say, hey, I could choose to go to work today and make a paycheck. Or I could choose to stay at home and kind of live in the space that I'm feeling, whatever that is. Maybe it's sadness, maybe it's hurt, maybe it's grief, whatever it is. I can choose to sit in that because that might be two or three or four years of sitting at home where going to work today may be the simpler option. Right. The other thing is it may also be going, if we don't go to work, we don't make any money, which makes us even sadder and just makes the problem worse. And so I think, I don't think that it's necessarily that we try to choose our careers over our mental health. I think humans are wired to choose the simpler solution. Whatever that is, when they're faced with two things, most people choose a simpler solution. Hmm. So, it's, however, it's, they see it. So it's easier to basically just put it on a shelf and maybe deal with it, or maybe not deal with it later. And yeah, and to until it comes knocking at your door, you can't ignore it. <sighs> right, right. That's until anxiety up, prevents like... you from going to work, or until you have some sort of psychotic break and you hear voices or see things, or you can't process 
in the way that other people are. And so somebody is talking to you like I am, and you're literally hearing something that is transposed or different than what I am currently saying, then you can't ignore that, right? The folks who um, you usually see, we usually see like outliers in those cases. And so we'll see folks standing in the middle of the street naked, right? Like at the in the street corners and things like that. Those folks have, they didn't necessarily choose one over the other. It's just that's what happens when we ignore things that have gotten pervasively worse for so long that you can't ignore it. Now you're in the middle of the street naked, and it might feel better to do other things, but you can, the fact that you were in the middle of the street naked is not going to go away. Um, Much like the fact that getting out of bed or postpartum depression or even things like, um, memory loss later on in life, or even how stress um, in- increases our cortisol levels and causes inflammation in our bodies. And now we're wondering why we have an increase in women and things like PCOS mm-hmm. or like ovulatory issues or like women are ha- having babies a little bit less or having, it's, it's all, it's stress. It's all like what stress does to our bodies is phenomenal. It's ridiculous actually. And so it, we ignore it until we can't anymore. I have an interesting personal story about it, if you want me to tell you. Sure. Yeah. Uh, when the pandemonium hit, uh, <laughs> right before the pandemonium hit, uh, last year with uh, COVID-19, uh, I, at this point, I feel like we should call it, 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 it that shall not be named or something like that. It's interesting to think that we're going to talk about this in the way we talked about the plague in our textbooks growing up it's very interesting how some kids are going to talk about it later like oh yeah COVID-19 was a thing of the past and we're living in it um but right before COVID hit um I went to my primary care doctor's office because I was having really really bad flank pain which is like that area in your abdomen like on the side Mm -hmm. of basically like where your arm sits um on my left side and I was like all right so do I have like irritable bowel syndrome am I going through something with my gallbladder like do I have gallstones? Do I have kidney stones? Is something weird happening? Am I stressed? Like, what's going on? Didn't meet with my actual primary care doctor that they met with a new physician in the practice. And he sat me down and he said, I could probably tell you. At the time, I was working full-time and trying to start my private practice and cooking and doing all the things at one time and trying to hold on to a, a at the time, interesting situationship. <laughs> um, and... He said, um, I could probably give you about 15 different meds. None of it's going to work because the answer to your problem is that you're stressed and that is creating anxiety. He was like, we can go ahead and do the ultrasound of your gallbladder for you. We can go ahead and look at things. He was like, but sounds like anxiety to me. Sounds like you're starting to go through depressive episodes. And I was like, no, no, no. All my scans came back clean. Blood work was fine. All that mess happened. Fast forward a couple months. The breakup of my situation finally happens. Like, big on, full on deal. I spiral out of control because I'm stressed, I'm sad, I'm grieving. And the pain comes back in the exact same spot. And I go, this man was not lying to me. Mm-hmm. Right. And at that point started a very simple, I'm not saying that meds are always the answer, but a very small course in antidepressants kept on with my, my therapy. And I notice now when like my stress has reached like way out of control because the pain will return. And so it's very interesting how stress will 
you know, come knocking at our doors. We can't do anything about that. I can testify. Um, and then we show up in different ways. Yes, I can testify <laughs> to that. So when I started pharmacy school, like that's when I really like experienced stress. So my first situation was that I would get like GERD, like I would have acid reflux so bad. And I noticed yep. that it will always be before exams. Like I would be so stressed and I'm um, popping like famotidine and just like trying to like get rid of it and then just going by my day. So I later progressed to having to what I call my schneck pain, which is my shoulder neck. And that just yep. starts. Yep. It just starts. <laughs> that neck to, pain is real. That's yes. That hurts. It tenses up so bad. Chiropractor and acupuncturist, I get it. Yes, it's it's horrible, and I like I can tell when I'm in stressful situations at work. I can just feel it start to tense up, and I'm just like, oh gosh. Like when I first experienced it, it was like it would happen, then it got bad, that it would go to the back of my neck, and then I had to go to like the doctor's care, and they gave me two shots in my ass, and just so I can get rid of it. That's how bad it was, and then. Yeah, I then the next year I was still experiencing the end. They gave me some um, Flexoril. Didn't like yep. the Flexoril. They gave you Flexoril for everything. Yeah, I didn't like it because it just I had like if you don't get enough sleep at night, it gave me like narcolepsy during the day. Like I'm falling asleep in class. Like I was like, do not give me that again. So I went back again like a year later just to get those shots because that was it helped. It broke it down. Yeah, I felt better. So. The lady didn't want to do it that time. She was just like, you just, it seems like it's stress induced. You need to do these exercises or whatever when you're feeling this. And I'm just like, lady, just give me the shots because that worked. <laughs> mm -hmm. So she, she definitely gave me the, she gave me the shots and then she just told me, you know, you need to do these exercises. But what ended up helping me, it was exercising. So that helped some a lot with like my yep. stress. So I try to exercise now, even though I hate it. I hate it so much, but it definitely helps <laughs> with my, my schnick pain. But friend, you bought a whole Peloton. I think you need to get your ass on it and ride. Okay. Out. I've been on it every day this week. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we don't live far apart. I'm not going to get on it, but it'd be nice to sit in the room. <laughs> I will not get on it. If it makes you feel any better, I will not get on it any more than you would. <laughs> I will not. I can make you one guarantee. We will ride at the exact same amount. Nice in my living room. And I was like, yes, but when they I when they do that one little Beyonce booty workout, <laughs> when they give you that uh, charge every month for the membership fee, you be like, oh hell, I at least gotta. I try to calculate how many workouts does that equate to to make it to right. make, for me to justify. <laughs> yeah i always recognize when i'm stressed because i lose my appetite completely I do too. and the only thing that i can literally keep mm -hmm. down is like soup it's my go-to meal. Mm. I just don't bother. I usually go even further and just I don't eat anything. And if I do, like, yeah, I usually don't eat anything. I usually drink my dinner or whatever. And I usually turn to alcohol. And I know that's terrible, but it is what it is. It's very easy to reach for a glass of Pinot Grigio or an Angry Orchard. And then I will continue to work as I drink. <laughs> because and then I usually can't go to sleep because my mind consistently races all night long 
and I get up and I drink as much coffee as I can <laughs> so I can get my job done. And then I we are, have we to cycle all over back again. Back in the middle of a tunnel of unhealthy coping mechanisms in here. Oh, it's <laughs> terrible. Oh, it's horrible. Nobody, I mean, here's the thing is everybody has their own way of coping. All, none of us are absolved from it, right? We got a Peloton bike, not eating, and picking up the nearest bottle of, of Stella Rose she can find. Like, it's just what it is. And that's the important part about recognizing how choosing mental health over your career kind of flows in is that's how it happens. Is we find ourselves doing things like this. We find ourselves trying to out-buy, not eat, out-eat, out-drink our stress, our problems. But it's still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it just is really more looking for a distraction than anything else. Yeah, That's but how do you is. how do you define that thin line between, oh, I'm treating myself because I'm celebrating small victories, and then oh, this is a negative habit because every day I'm, you know, going for my glass of wine. Well, I mean, the, you just answered it. It's usually negative. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's <laughs> alcohol is not usually negative. Um, it's the it's not always a negative, the but, but yeah, right. It's, it's so consistent that any, any little thing I'm like, Oh, I deserve a glass of wine. Cause I, you know, I put my shoes in the right place. You know, right. like it's, it's, it doesn't, there's no real true reason why I'm doing it. Now it'd be one thing if like I treated myself on Friday, like I used to, because mm-hmm. I had such a good week, you know, and I looked at all the different things that I did and like Friday, you know, I might go out with a friend. Or I might treat myself to a glass, to a wine, and watch it, my favorite show. But no, it's like, when I get home, I don't have to think about it being a treat. I'm, it's not a treat. I'm just drinking it. <laughs> I'm just drinking it. Like, it's there. It's in my refrigerator. I'm going to get my favorite wine glass, and I'm pouring it. So our wine of the week is your favorite, right? It is. It's your go-to? Actually, it is. Yes. I feel- so the, our wine of the week for this week is Pinot Grigio. Yeah. I do, and, I do um, like this wine. Yeah, it's it's okay. It's a little Who's dry. Pinot Grigio? Well, Pinot Grigio is a, a, like a semi-sweet, so mm-hmm. it can get drier. Yeah. <laughs> it can get a whole lot yeah. drier. Definitely. <laughs> it can get real dry. It can get real, it can get real dry. <sighs> yeah, a little, little taut. It can get a little taut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God, isn't too tart. Um, but I have, I have recognized that terrible coping mechanism. Um, in the past couple of years and have tried to dial back more, but I see it popping back up. So now I'm looking at other areas and like, okay, what do I need to do to manage my time or, you know, figure out how to create some sort of balance. And I guess I'm wondering how the heck I even can do that. Like how, how can you, or what would you be your advice, Lenise, on like how to maintain a balance between your mental wellness and any other life situations that do pop up. Y'all think I'll sit with my therapist every week and be like, girl, let me... <laughs> and she's oh. like, again, Lenise? Like, every single week. Um, yeah. But that's a that's a big part of my healthy cope. I've worked through some things in, in therapy that, like, I I really didn't want to walk into, to be honest. Um, it, is, it is looking at... Coping mechanisms are a Thanksgiving table, right? And... If you take a little piece of everything, it's just fine, right? But you will find yourself in a full-on macaroni and cheese coma if all you eat is macaroni and cheese. Mm-hmm. And so if that's what you want to, if that's your safe space, if that's your happy place, and you find yourself with uh, trying to take lactate to get yourself over the hump, 
because you keep running to that macaroni and cheese, you got to start to look at what takes you there. You got to start to look at like, all right, so how come I have all of these options? I got yams, greens, turkey, chicken, roast. I got all of these things, stuffing, whatever, and I'm choosing only to eat the thing that I know will cause me harm. Right? Or I'm choosing only to do the thing that I kind of self-soothe in the moment. We are conditioned to soothe from the moment we are conceived. Right? That's why when you're born, skin to skin is important. That's why kids thumbstuck. That's why they're pacifiers. That's why, like, soothing is like a technique. It's a thing that we're conditioned to do. Um, that's why old folks rub their knees. Okay? <laughs> it's self-soothing. <laughs> and you know you have crossed the line when you get to rub your... Believe me, I done did it a few times and been like, this is really going okay. Um, but it it is... When you start to look at a coping skill, you have to ask yourself, am I choosing to do this thing every day um, in spite of its potential danger? Or am I choosing to do this every day because... Um, it is something that I enjoy doing and I understand that it's within my limits. Here's what somebody had to tell me that kind of helped rescue me from this thing. You deserve nothing except to treat yourself with kindness. And so does this help you treat yourself with kindness? Right? And so I'll give you my coping mechanism. It's shopping, right? It used to be shopping really badly. Like... Y'all don't want to know how much of my debt, my student loan debt is refund checks balling out on a budget, right? <laughs> um, so it's quite, quite a bit of it. Um, but it took me a very, very long time to rewire my brain from even mindlessly scrolling on Amazon or even Facebook ads or Instagram. Or fa- Nowadays, it's good for me. Like today, I was perusing through Facebook Marketplace. What I want to use dresser for, I don't know. But I was like perusing through just like oh they got used dresses on facebook marketplace what i'm gonna do that right <laughs> but it's about the stress it's about recognizing like okay um there's obviously something that is happening here this is what you're choosing like are you choosing to further yourself in debt here by um buying something you know you can't afford right I'll hop in the car and drive to Ikea in a heartbeat. Are you choosing to spend $300 a day for for what? Right? You're going you gonna to convince yourself you need that cabinet? For what? Right? And the reality of it is, is that's kind of how we have to work through coping skills. We have to kind of pause ourselves and go, am I choosing to put myself in a position where I know this will bite me in the butt in the long run? Mm. So not yeah, even then I have buyer's remorse. Uh, no, I never have buyer's remorse. I, I just, I just be broke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not broke. Um, I just be okay. Um, but here's, here's where this gets stressful for me. I am usually sitting high on a mountain of things that I have bought. Right today, I can. This is a package that has not been opened. There are three more like it in this room. Okay. <laughs> That's just in the last two. You know, like it's just, I will, I will sit high on a mountain of things that I have paid for and purchased eating ramen noodles, yeah. right? Ticking yeah. myself because, mm. okay, girl, you look good in that Shein top, right? You yes. real cute in this little yes. 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 y'all. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm, and I'm sorry. Y'all coping skills was a Peloton drink and food. It was all ish in. Just like mine. <laughs> Right, Shein is is next. Okay, and she's it's so affordable. She's, she's, she's recent. See, she's see, a recent see, coping see. mechanism. But I have to get up off okay. her. Uh, listen, I got uh, a cart right now with three hundred dollars worth of stuff in it. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to lower the cart. Grab it. I be trying to figure out. I be doing all types of stuff. Um, but I, yeah, and then and I I will get myself into these positions where I'm I'm sitting. Literally sitting pretty on stuff that I paid for and been like, you needed none of this. You definitely could have yeah. eaten. You could have taken your trip to Whole Foods this week if you didn't buy none of this stuff. What you going to do with it? Yeah. Why did you need another pair of blue jeans? You didn't. You did not need another pair of black heels in the pandemic. Like, what? where are you going to go? <laughs> you, where, where are we going? <laughs> where are you going? For later. Right? I, I did that with makeup. Like, so oh, um, yeah. many places had sales during the pandemic. And I was like, well, you know, I have this extra money. Let me mm-hmm. treat myself. You know, it, it feels good. It and then good. I'm like, but now I have all this makeup and we're still not going anywhere a year later. Mm-hmm. And I yep. told Jawanda, I think um, we were talking about, like, things that we, how we tried to reverse the bad habits that we um, started during the pandemic. And I had to, like unsubscribe from the text messages the emails because it was so convincing eight o'clock at night we're having a 75 percent off sale and somehow i convinced myself that i need something by one o'clock in the morning so it's Girl. just like <laughs> yes. what are we doing absolutely i got so many labor day emails and sales i was like mm-hmm. i swear <laughs> like i just stupid stuff <laughs> like we got sales on your essential water why are you having a sale on water for Labor Day? You just want me to buy some water. <laughs> I'm gonna look though. I'm gonna look. Hey. Yes. Um, then- but it's about rewiring your anxious brain in a way, or rewiring your mental health needs in a way where like that doesn't become the soothe that doesn't become the pacifier that you choose. Right. Essentially. Mm. So, is there a good pacifier? I guess. Um, you have to find a sweet spot, right? Uh, with like a Peloton, it's a really good idea to work out if you're stressed, right? Releases really good hormones into your body. Overstressing, overworking can also cause like stress fractures and all types of things. And you can hurt yourself, right? That's why you see like runners can get into a whole lot of stuff if they run too much. Mm-hmm. A lot of runners use runners as coping. Sometimes they're marathon training every day. They end up stressed, hurt, bruised up. They got to take rest days, right? Drinking is okay socially. Outside of that, it can become an addiction, right? Mm-hmm. Not eating, I don't have one for that except to, like, drink your foods, which is a healthy option for the reverse of that. But um, even trying to decide that you want to take, like, small bites. And so it is it's finding that sweet spot, right? I cannot tell you if your coping mechanism is chocolate to stop eating chocolate. It will not work. You will so just really hide the chocolate from me. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. You're just like, I'm not eating no chocolate. I'm like, girl, that's a Kit Kat in the back. Like, what is going on? But I can say, how about we just have one of the squares or rectangles, right? Maybe not the whole king size. Right. So we have to, you just got to find a sweet spot for yourself. Um, And you have to understand that, like, you have to be the coping skill. And so that's where things like, 
although it's hard. That's where things like sitting in the feelings come from, um, right? If I always use the analogy of waves, which is anytime you're on a beach and you're and a wave is coming, you never run from it because you'll drown. You have to run towards it so that it goes over your head and you kind of just stand right back up in still water. But if you try to run away from a wave, it'll catch you and you'll drown. And so you have to be very careful not to continue to try to run away from the waves that come in your life. And that's what we do with coping skills is we try to just outrun the wave. Um, but it's important sometimes to sit in the wave and say, okay, um, this sucks. There's nothing that I can necessarily do about it in this second. This feels like crap. And here's what I can do about it, meaning I can do something that I feel like is gravely important, maybe sitting in it with myself, maybe drinking water, maybe, um, and this can be a tough one too, but maybe taking a nap because that can sometimes, sometimes people try to outsleep their problems, so that's a tough one. Um, maybe sitting outside in the sun, um, trying to just find ways to get yourself into a healthy space. Like that. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, it, I mean, it's easy to say, like, I need to stop doing that, but you know you're not going to because after a while you get just used to it. Yeah. Doing whatever it is. <clears throat> but um, at least, I hate to say fighting with yourself, but kind of fighting with yourself for a little while to be cognizant of what you're doing and then switch your mindset and say, no, try something else. I remember when I did have a therapist, Lord Jesus, I wish I could afford her. But back when I did have a therapist and I went to like religiously every week and I couldn't wait to go talk to her, she told me about, um, it was like how I thought about things and I can't remember what exactly she called them, but it was a, anyway, I had to like pivot. So it was like, like negative things I would say to myself and Mm -hmm. it was constant. It was all the time. Mm -hmm. And she gave me, um, like a list of things to like to do like opposite. Yep. So I feel that's kind of the, the same thing, but yep. this time it's behaviors and not thoughts. Yep. And it's one of those things that like, once you call yourself out on it, right? Like I've had, I remember I was with, uh, I was in a relationship and at the time, um, something really like a really bad encounter with my boss that happened. And then we went out to get dinner that night and I ordered like a ton of food. And my uh, boyfriend at the time said to me, do you know that you do that? Like, when you're stressed? And I was like, what? He was like, you just, like, order up the main. And I was like, he was like, then you don't eat it all. Like, you just want, like, can I get two number ones and two desserts? And let me get two drinks, too. And I was like, no, of course I don't do that, right? And then from that day on, I was like, I kind of do that. Like, (laughs) (laughs) right? I'm stressed, and I'm like, I can go for some ice cream. I'm not doing that, right? And so once you start to call it out, Mm -hmm. Um, it. it's a thing. It exists, yeah. and, and and now you have a place where you can decide you want to put it. But that takes time. Yes. And so you have to give yourself the grace to grow, and not beat yourself up while trying to make the time. I love grace. Grace is like my word of the year. That's exciting. Being in the pandemic, yeah, being in the pandemic, you I I suffered with self comparison. I had a lot of time to sit by myself. And yeah. see, like, oh, turning 30 is a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm. it's a mile marker where I I had this idea of what it was supposed to be like at that time. And then I'm looking at everybody else in the panoramic, like, oh, my gosh, I'm not where I want to be. So my coping mechanism went completely left. And it was just, like, 
I know when I'm in my depressive state because there's five loads of laundry that's sitting there looking yep. at me and growing. And my friends know that I'm the clean freak. So if they would have came in my house and saw the conditions that it was in, they would have known, okay, we need to have an intervention because something is wrong with my friend. <laughs> like it gets real bad around here. Um, so that was, that's when I called myself out. Like, girl, this house is nasty. You need to and speak to somebody. I ended up going back to therapy and just deal with it. Like you have to address it to some degree. Or like you said, you're going to realize like you're going to wake up one day and be crying on your way to work because you feel so overwhelmed. Yeah. That's real. <laughs> and having to call out. At work. That's real. Or you at work, <laughs> or like you can't figure out why for some reason you can't type the sentence you're trying to type, or you can't say the sentence you're trying to say, or you just can't. It's not picking up. Like you, like you, you, like, you just literally sitting there talking to somebody. Like you don't, you. Mm, that's called brain fog. We can't get away from it. It's a huge symptom of anxiety and depression. Mm. Ew, so, okay. Yeah, we can't get away from it when we're like, uh, mm, uh. Mm, or you walk out without the one thing you came into the grocery store for for like the fifteenth time. It's called brain fog. Right there, girl. So, mm-hmm. um, it is an interesting symptom of depression and anxiety, which are uh, sisters with different dads, which is what I call them. They're diagnoses that look a lot alike. Um, they can present very similar, but they have some markers that are a little bit different. So, what's your advice for our listeners who? want to find a therapist like I know that there is not a set blueprint of what they should be looking for but I've had interactions with some that I'm like why are you still in business who is paying you to sit here and talk to them when there's no way you can relate to people my age right now and we're the ones that are trying to seek therapy so what should our listeners like what what advice do you have for them on in that regard uh, a therapist is like finding a really good pair of shoes. I mean, like the kind where you slip them things on and the cushion is perfect, your pinky toe not squished in it, you can walk, <laughs> you know, like the back of your heel not rubbing on it. You can, right. you absolutely like, you're like, okay, this thing about to make me feel like I walk on sunshine. Like I, I can get through 12 hours on my feet in this. Right? Maybe. That's what it's like to find a good therapist. Um, you absolutely sometimes have to get past the trial period before you can figure that out, though, right? Because walking into therapy sometimes can feel like I'm a different type of therapist, but I do know that walking into therapy can feel monotonous sometimes. It can feel like, okay, for question number one, how old are you? Uh, have you ever tried to commit suicide, right? Like, it can get very routine like that. The way that I conduct assessments is way different than the way that other therapists do. Like, I get to know you as we go along because I feel like it's super unfair to ask a person you've known for 10 minutes about their history with their family for one over six. Um, not my business just yet. Um, and so there's just a space where you have to, some people like that though. Some people like very direct, honest. I want to know, like I've had people send me emails and phone calls and they say, what can I expect to gain from therapy? They want to know goals before they start, things like that. So some people like the therapist where like that is the perfect space for them. They want to know exact questions. Are you going to challenge me? Do I have homework? I need things to do every time. And so you you might have to kiss a couple of frogs before you find a prince with therapy. Um, because it's just like finding a new primary care doctor. 
it's, it's, it's tough sometimes. You find those folks who you can kind of advocate around and for, somebody who you feel like will go to bat for you, somebody you feel like can relate to you. Um, and your therapist should also kind of be a good judge of that, too, because this relationship is a two-way street. And so your therapist should also kind of be saying, like, okay, uh, you might not be the perfect fit for me either, right? Therapists are kind of supposed to have a niche. Some some of them don't. They're supposed to kind of have, like, a specialty. Um, I'm a generalist practitioner. What I have grown to have as my specialty has been, like, women-related issues, ages between, like, early teens all the way up to, like, mid-40s. So basically, like, our age range, our problems, our mm-hmm. stuff, right? We could talk about life stuff. But also, eating disorders and things like that just have grown to be my niche over time. And so um, it just depends. Like, a therapist, there are some that you get into it and you're like, they're like, well, how do you feel today? You're like, you didn't hear what I just said when I walked in? <laughs> I, was, I was cussing on the elevator. You didn't hear that? You know exactly how I feel today. I do not start sessions off like that, Right. Yeah, um, this, the personality that your listeners are hearing in this podcast is my personality as a therapist. Um, I do not change for anyone, but I also tell people that I am some folks' cup of tea and I am some folks' side of whiskey. And then for some folks, I am the nasty food that you turn the plate upside down at a cookout. <laughs> I'm not sick, everybody. I just don't. And so a therapist should be comfortable with letting you go, though, if they feel like you're not a good fit. Um, likewise, you should also, listeners, be very, very, um, adamant about advocating for yourself. If you feel like it's not a good fit, if you feel like you are pushing too hard or even like, it's one thing to be pushed too hard. It's another thing to feel like your needs are being ignored. So if you feel like your needs are being ignored, there's plenty of people here who will help you. It might be a little difficult to find because waiting list are wrong. I'm sorry. Um, it's not a of us. That was going to be my next question. How is it normal for you to be at a point where you want to transition from one therapist to another? Because I experienced that myself and I thought I felt neglected because I realized that she wasn't helping me with things that I was currently going through. It got to a point where she was like, Monique, you just need to get a life. Granted, that was a relationship that we had, but I thought that was out of line for my therapist to be telling me. I needed to get a life when you're supposed to be helping me establish what my life is like, what my life is right now. So I came to the conclusion myself, and then I looked for someone else that. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't get over her face. I'm listening. I came to the conclusion that um, I needed to find someone else that could accommodate the new needs that I needed. When I went to her, I was trying to get over a bad breakup. She helped me get over that, but she couldn't help me move beyond to the next place so it's normal to get to to experience that right Mm. absolutely um when you find that perfect pair of shoes doesn't it sometimes get worn out Mm. right you got to go get you a new pair of shoes that's how therapy works right sometimes you gotta go and find sometimes you got a new job and you want to step into some pumps and you want something (laughs) that feels a little bit more different right sometimes sometimes you're going into the lab and you need you know a, a pair of different types of shoes that you need to wear into the life. Like, sometimes your shoes will need to change. Sometimes your needs will change, likewise. And so sometimes you'll need to change shoes. Sometimes you need a pair of boots. Like, sometimes somebody can't lace up with you and get really down. Like, I meet a lot of patients and clients who come to me because their therapeutic relationship has shifted. 
for whatever reason. And so some folks are like, they didn't challenge me enough or they challenged me too much. And I'm, for those people, I'm usually like, you're in the wrong place. Um, but <laughs> they didn't challenge me enough or they challenged me too much or they um, couldn't address this specific need. They maybe were not the right race or the right sex for my need um, or didn't have the right sexual orientation for my need, right? I felt like maybe I would identify with somebody who was maybe of my um, same sexual orientation or had understood what I meant when I said police brutality, that sort of thing. Um, because we all walk into this thing with our own biases, whether we want to or not. And as a therapist, there's a lot of work that we do to take our biases out of session. The truth of the matter, though, is that we're still human. And so we walk into this session saying, hey, I have no preconceived notions about who you are as a person, and I don't, but I'm still human. And so if something, if something flusters me, you may see it on my face. You may see, you know, like, you may see, like, my clients are always like, Lanise, what is that face? And I'm always like, girl, that was nothing. Or like, child, that was nothing. But tell me more, right? Um, <laughs> so... Um, that's kind of the space that we get into, but it depends on your nature of your therapeutic relationship because it's not the same for everyone. Um, I do, though, um, want to encourage everybody that has been through a trash uh, therapeutic relationship or even just one that didn't go the way that you planned to understand and kind of ask yourself, like, where you were at that point. Like, Monique, you said, I was at the point where I felt like she couldn't help me through those things, right? I needed to find somebody new. That's a really good observation on your part, right? Some people would just be like, therapy sucks. Nobody will ever help me by and never try therapy again. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's I knew super I couldn't discouraging. Let it go. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. <laughs> for me, that's super discouraging, right? Um, and then as a therapist, of course, I want to apologize on behalf of all the bad or interestingly practicing therapists out there um, who are doing this thing a little bit weird. And everybody has their own way of doing it, right? We get the tools, but we're not surgeons, and so we don't exactly have to carry them out. We, we don't have postcard therapists, which is a good thing. Um, and so that, that leads us all to different conclusions on the same problem a lot. Hmm. But yeah, so I just, I just want to encourage everybody to kind of just get back on there. There's a ton of resources you have your psychology today just your therapy for black girls there's a therapy for black men there's um just a ton of databases for you to find somebody who identifies with you um the right way a lot of folks choose me not necessarily based off of my profile although they read it um it's really like a connection thing and that's how I chose mine like I went on the website mm-hmm. um rolled down on the therapy website I was like this lady looks like we were really, really well. I didn't read much after that. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. She's awesome. I did the same. <laughs> she's awesome. I love her. Uh, yeah. She's, I was like, okay, I see the bangles. She got a bald head. Real Erica Badu like, we don't get along real <laughs> well, right? I came in, she had incense on, was playing a little shaman in the back, right? <laughs> got straight to it. Sis was good. And I was like, yes, I knew it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But that's not for everybody, right? right. She's, and she doesn't pretend to be for everybody. Neither do I. And I think that's good that you don't because I guess some, I've heard of other people. I haven't had the issue because I've only been to like two different therapists, one in college and he was really cool. And then another one that I did find the same way. Like I looked up 
black therapist in Augusta, um, highly rated or something like that. And I tried to look through and scroll through and I found, I was like, oh, she seems like somebody I would talk to on a regular. And it, and, it, and she was kind of like you, Lenise, like she was just very real. Mm-hmm. You know, she seemed like a friend that I was talking to and not her trying to randomly delve into my life like a doctor. You know, you know I had like to do a questionnaire beforehand. So all mm-hmm. the like, heavy that's suicide. I like that because I didn't have to actually tell her. Mm-hmm. I just filled that bad boy out on my computer and I sent it to her. So she already had it. She already like made a profile for me before I got there of all that other business like stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, I just I don't know. Now I now she kind of graduated me. Yeah. I, I think because I, I, I established what my purpose was because I too went through a bad breakup. And so I had to get my life back together and reprogram my mind because <laughs> he gaslighted the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. So I had to get myself back together. Listen. But she gradu- she graduated me, but I, I went back because I told her, she, and she said I could because she was that white pair of shoes, honey, and I slipped them bad boys back on. Listen, and yeah. sometimes you got to slide an old faithful pair of shoes on and carry yourself right back to the same grocery store <laughs> yeah. on a Sunday afternoon. Therapy, can you can get back on the couch. It's okay. Honey. Like, you can slide right in and out of therapy. You could be like, hey, I know you didn't think you would see me again. Hmm. Hey, girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that is okay. And there's therapy is something that you can't graduate from. It is also something you can ebb and flow through. And so some folks mm-hmm. come to therapy either before or after they've had a child. And then you don't see them until the child's eight. And you're like, dang, like, where you been at? And they're like, I'm good. I yeah. just... Wanted to come back and tell you that, you know, I got a divorce. You're like, wow, okay, that happened. Um, and they want to work through that. Or the kid right. is going to middle school and they, they want to work through that. Or going to college and they want to work through that. And so our lives are not the same day to day. Neither are our needs. And so therapy has a different need for folks every day. Um, I personally am a huge advocate for it. That is because I have been to therapy, not because I am a therapist, though. Um, right. I had to go to therapy to believe that therapy worked. Let's be clear. Mm-hmm. Before I even got my license, I had, I was in yeah. therapy and I was like, oh, this is decent. I should probably do this. <laughs> so, as my license allows me to do this. I could do this. I should do this. And so I did. Love it. Yeah, I love being able to, I guess, quote unquote, sit on the couch because we're not sitting on the couch now because of the panorama. But Some folks are, but yeah. That but, ain't me. Yeah. <laughs> I like to. I like the unpacking. I think I like to kind of figure out like what is causing this thought or what is causing this action. So having that person there that's willing to listen to you and take the time to help you figure out like what is the reason that you're going through this, I think is important. I think also that I feel like everybody should have some kind of experience with therapy in their lives, but you know, to each their own. Um, I think people don't realize that therapy is very much like the container where you can store your things that it doesn't go anywhere. And a lot of folks are afraid to move that container out of their mind and into another space for fear of what it will sound like coming out and for fear that it will go somewhere. Now, there are certain things, of course, that have to go places, right? Like if you're suicidal or homicidal, those have to go somewhere. Um, But... If you tell me about, like, trauma or life stuff or just having a really hard time, that stuff won't go anywhere. Likewise, 
there may be a time and hopefully um my clients I don't know if I want them to hear this or if I don't um but they all know this I don't forget anything and so I don't know if that's a gift or a curse not sure yet uh but <laughs> there may be a time where you bring up something six months from now and I'm like that sounds like an interesting um situation it kind of sounds like what you went through with your mom six months ago when you stormed out of Christmas dinner. Mm. And here we are. Right. Right? Working through parts of your life that you didn't even realize were interconnected. And now you're probably cursing me out in your mind, but now you're like, all right, here we go. Here's a new goal. <laughs> and that's that's how life, that's what happens when uh, Brene Brown calls it daring greatly. That's what happens when we like dare greatly, when we're vulnerable, when we have the courage to show up and be seen. Um, to show up and kind of just delve into our darkness so we can find our light. Um, that's what therapy does for us. It is a person who carries a flashlight with you. And it's like, all right, well, if we're going to do this, let's do it. Yeah. But you don't have to go at it alone. Right. Yeah. And along the way, I might pass you off to someone else. That's why we have our friends. <laughs> yes, but your friends are containers with limited capacities right? Because your friends also have their own things. And so as a friend, while I'm a therapist, I'm very careful about friendships, right? And so I always am very careful about how I unload on my friends, what I give them, because they're going through, everybody's going through their own stuff. And as you get older, you realize, I love you, but I'm really tired of hearing about your relationship for the fifth year in a row. You ain't never going to leave that person. Never. (laughs) I love you so much that I will oh, go out goodness. every weekend with you and be like, forget about him. He's trash. But in reality, I know you're going to go eat breakfast with him tomorrow and make up, right? Therapy <laughs> will help you work with that and decide whether you actually want that breakup or whether you want to continue to live in codependency. Or whether you want to continue to be gaslit. Whether you want to continue to, to kind of wallow. Therapy will help work you through that. Your friends, it's not their job. My honest question is gaslighting. What, like, I don't get the concept because I'm like, is the person just simply lying? They're like giving you a false store, a false hope, and then that's not their true intentions? Like, what? No. It's more, it's more like <laughs> <laughs> they try and um, make you feel like trash like they make it your fault like whatever's going on like you you the crazy one like I don't tell you I love you because you know I'm going through so and so I don't know why it's such a big deal to you you know you you'd be doing too much you'd be looking to have a fight with me like you doing this and you doing that it's it's always your fault and they get into your head and make you think that you're the problem I'll give you a very simple example of gaslighting which is so interesting, um, and it's small, but it happens all the time, because you don't love me, is what people will say, right? And it'll be so small, it'll be like, dang, you forgot to give me something to eat from the store, because you don't love me. And you're frustrated, because you're like, I do love you, I just forgot the loaf of bread, Jesus, <laughs> like, leave me alone, right? But it's that person Try, literally trying to light a fire up under you, trying to cause drama, but 
here's what will happen when the drama happens. I don't see why you lost your mind. I don't see why you got rowdy. What you even get mad for? Now you're the problem. Now you're the crazy one. Now you are, right? Like, they literally bought the gasoline and the match, fire started, and they're like, who started that fire? <laughs> That's crazy. Why yeah. so hot in here? They, right? It's warm in here. Y'all all right? That's how gaslighting works. So it's, it is toxic in that it is a space where people go. It is really, all gaslighting really is, is untapped childhood trauma. But don't take that and be like, oh, I got to fix this person's childhood trauma. That's their business, right? But all it is is a person trying to, um, basically, if you think about it, it's like where how toddlers tell stories. Right, and then and then he did this, and then he did this, because he said I was a duty head, because he doesn't like me anymore, because he's mean. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and that's how gaslighting works, is you literally are like, how do we even get here? And if you ever ask yourself in the context of a relationship, how do we even get here? On a random, hey, I forgot to plug your phone up in the charger. Oh, it's because you don't care about me. How do we get here? You're like, oh, I'm definitely being gaslit. Okay. Um, <laughs> and all you have to do is just decide to snuff it out. Just be like, no, it has nothing to do with that. I'll get to it when I can. Yeah, I've definitely experienced it now that you've ex- explained it. Mm-hmm. But I just thought it was like a manipulation. Gaslighting or is manipulation. Trying to, yeah. trying to divert, like, uh, use this as a scene to divert my attention away from what you're really doing, which was cheating. Yeah, that's all those things. Wow. Thank you yeah, for girl. the explanation. Gaslighting <laughs> is like an all-encompassing term, but it's all those things. It's narcissistic, it is manipulative, it is codependent, it is um, self-seeking, uh, self-serving. But it's also rooted in anxiety, right? And so it's that person trying to get you before you can get them. And so that's how they do it. They're used to bringing a, a knife to a gunfight, and they don't know what to do. They don't know. They don't know how to control it. They just like I just every time I get mad, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> bring the knife out. I gotta say something. I gotta do something. And you're like, can you just carry on? You could just not. <laughs> But that's their own shortcomings. That's their own insecurities or lack of ability to measure up. That has nothing to do with you. You can't fix it. It existed before you. Yeah. It is unfortunate. Yes. Because they the ones got to choose to get help. Facts. Mm-hmm. But yes, that's what gaslighting is. And gaslighting is often in relationship with folks who are um, helpers. And so on the opposite side of a person who is gaslighting is usually the person who is like, no, I'll make your plate, right? Because and then the moment you don't make the plate, it's like, oh, because you don't love me. You can't make my dinner. It's just when you don't make my dinner. You're like, let me just go ahead because I don't feel like hearing their mouth. And you just end up in this really interesting codependent narcissistic relationship you end up in this space where you are you don't even realize it but you're fanning the fire because you're giving that person more ammo to continue to gaslight you because now they have figured out 
how to get up under your skin, and you lost. Lord Jesus. Not that it's a battle, know, but if it was, life. you lost. And you trigger a flashback. Y'all, <laughs> right. y'all the things we have been delivered. Listen, <laughs> y'all two toddlers in the back seat fighting on a road trip. Y'all fussing and carrying on for no reason. Right. I, somebody got to somebody got to decide oh to pull God. a car over and get out. Oh, Cheryl, move all the way cross country. That's mm-hmm. this. <laughs> Extreme measures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or just, you know, just walk away. The only way to avoid, not even avoid, but the only way to get out of a gaslighting, narcissistic, toxic-ish situation is to walk away from it. Because that person will try to convince you that their entire life is crumbling down now that you have left them. Or that you're going to leave them. Like, how dare you leave me, right? Or they're going to get real inflated in the chest and be like, you don't leave me, I leave you, right? This is going, one of those two things is going to happen. They're going to cry in the rain like Carl Thomas, or they're going to, you know, be chest out like like they amigo or something. Like they just, one of the two is going to happen. Both of those are the exact same reaction, though. It's that person acting out of hurt and not knowing what to do with it. Hmm. It's crazy how pain can manifest itself in so many different ways. Oh, absolutely. It's so strange. It's so strange. And you just have to look at it all and be like, this is a full-on tantrum. You all right? <laughs> you okay? <laughs> you okay? Are you pressed? You all right, baby? Are you mad? Okay. Are you upset? <laughs> Are you sad? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What a word. Oh, my Lord. I'm yes, serious. I'm full. I'm going to leave this altar with everything I can Life is about taking what you need and leaving the rest. In every situation. And so, and even in situations where you meet where it wasn't all good, when you got out of it, you still get the opportunity to take what you need out of it, which is you might have learned a new restaurant to eat at. You might have learned something real dope to do. You might learn some sages tips. You might have learned a new way to cope with your stress. A new way to do some things. You might you might come out of that thing with, with some wins. It might not all be losses. And that's a job, that's a relationship, that's a situationship, that's whatever. You might you might not come out of that thing unscathed, but you will come out of it with a lesson. Sure. And there's a little blessing in every one of those. Yes. I believe in that. As long as you can learn to recognize it, me too. Yeah. Thank y'all for coming to my TED Talk. Yes. Thank you for inviting us. Right. Y'all invited me. Y'all asked me to come sit up in here today. Feel like my cup has. It's Reneth over. This cup has. Okay, Reneth, darling. Reneth. If our listeners could see the spirit fingers right now. You have helped me to prepare a table in front of my enemies. Oh, you you're supposed to learn though. You're supposed to anoint their head though and tell them to get them about your space. Don't do that. <laughs> I am so glad you're here. Please carry on. Okay. What is that oh new thing God, that's going on on Instagram? Immediately no. Immediately no. <laughs> Immediately no. <laughs> oh my so God. find yourself so in some space where life is not about choosing one over the other in terms of back to your original question in terms of mental health over your career. You can do both right take that immediately no 
and put it in space, right? Even if that means that work, you got to say no and then come back and say yes later. Hey, can you do this project? No. <laughs> right? And I might have to come back and say yes once I've thought about whether I have the capacity. Yeah. I want to have that because- opposite thing of, uh, what was her name? The girl, the lady who wrote Grey's Anatomy, where she had the year of oh, yes. Oh, year of yes? I want to do Yes, I want to do a no. year of no. Like, do it. Do I need that in my life. Twenty twenty no, twenty nineteen when I turned thirty. Jesus, oh, uh, was my year of no. Really, and it's important to have a year of no. It's okay to say no. Mine. Let me think about that. I'll get back to you. You know, like it's okay to say, hmm. Right now, I don't have the capacity. I am unable to, right? You can smooth over no however you want to, but also you can say no is a complete sentence. No. No. Now it might take some time to work up to no, right? Some folks can say no and get away with right. it, but you have to be very careful about the fact that anytime you tell anyone no, that's a child all the way up to a, a, an adult, they will do the exact same thing, which is tantrum. Right? You tell a child they can't have a popsicle, that child's going to flail, fall out, be upset. Why can't I have a popsicle? You always give me popsicles. That sort of thing. You tell an adult that you can't do something that you always do. Um, Whether it's take part on lead on a project, do something at work, whether it's do something in a relationship you always do, whether it's show up for your friends at brunch on every Saturday like you always do. If you don't want to come this Saturday, once you say no, they're going to try to convince you that the answer should be yes. It's sticking to know that's the hard part. Mm. And so it is n- no. No, thank you. I am unable to. I do not have the capacity to. I am currently, uh, my schedule is currently full. Well, I currently have a number of other things on my plate that um, mean I am unable to accommodate your needs. Mm, that's me. I need to work. You can on say that. no in twenty different ways. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and it's not easy. With a, um, no, it's not easy. I, I, um, I'm not gonna say I can't because I definitely can, but boy, it's a struggle. Um, it definitely takes like, space. Some some people are better at it than others. I personally think men are better at it than women for the most part. Some men. I've met some men that are not good at it because there's also a very complex savior situation that happens with a lot of men where they feel like they have to do everything but mm-hmm. a lot of men get the pleasure of saying no um that's what i call it so a lot of men get to say no we're like all right well anybody else want to volunteer yeah. where uh women do not a lot of the times get that um courtesy and so we have to find ways to say no without explanation because you will be asked why your no is a no and I think that's my biggest issue is always thinking about why I'm going to say no. Because like sometimes I know somebody's going to ask me something. They're going to come to me and ask me this question. And if I say no, what's going to be my excuse? Does there have to like, be what one? What am I doing? Right. And so when I heard that, I was like, oh, I think I've just been conditioned for the longest time to always say no because. Yep. Instead of it just being no. Yep. Can't do it. Yep. Mm. That does not, we are not able to 
uh, and I don't know if that's a southern a southern thing or if that's more of a um the way that folks are taught to overcompensate to to soften the blow for folks, right? So somebody's like, hey, can I borrow $20? You're like, no, because I don't get paid till Thursday. I don't owe you an explanation on my payday. The answer is no. Whether I got $5 million in my account or I don't, right? The answer is no. The answer is I, and the answer could be no. It could be I don't currently have that to give. Now with money, I can easily say no. (laughs) No, I ain't got it. And so no doesn't have to be. It could just be, I don't currently have the time. I am currently unavailable. I am I do not have the capacity right now. Those are all no. And if somebody asks you yeah, when, I don't know when I'll be able to get back to you on that. Still a no. Or I don't know if I'll be able to get back to you on that. <laughs> Still a no. Yeah, it's the no to, author- to authority figures. Meaning, like, maybe someone from church or, you know, somebody that you honor. And it's like, dang, now the guilt is going to eat me up. And Mm. I feel pressured to say yes. When really I want to say, hell no. Like, (laughs) leave me alone. Even, like, parents or whatever. Like, you definitely feel Mm -hmm. that guilt. Or friends or definitely co-workers sometimes. I definitely want to be like... Oh, I, you know, I would help you, but in my head, I'm like, hell no, I don't feel like doing this today. (laughs) Can I make, am I able to make a book recommendation? Yeah. Yes. Okay. There's a book, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but her first name is Nedra, her last name is Tawab, I think it is, T-A-W-W-A-B, right? It's called Set Down, Do Find Peace. She's a black woman. Um... And there's a story that she tells in her first chapter about this lady who, um, I think her name is Kim, who wants to, yeah, her name is Kim. She feels overwhelmed. She comes to therapy because she's feeling super overwhelmed. Um, She has a ton of things on her uh, to-do list, but she worries about getting things, all the things done and everything being time-consuming. She's dreading getting out of bed in the morning. She has to help her friend move. Right? She's like, I have all these things going on. Now my friend wants me to help her move. I don't want to let her down. These are all the things that are happening. Um, I just got married. My friend wants me to move. My friend wants me to help her move. All these things. The biggest thing that she asked her, and this is kind of what has helped me answer the no for, like, people around me, is what do you really, what do you really have to do and what can you delegate? Like, what does not belong to you? And are people resilient and self-sufficient on their own? If somebody calls you and says, hey, can you be here for me on Tuesday? And you do not want to go. That person will either find another way for Tuesday to happen another day that maybe works for another person's time. Or they will find a way for someone else to be there on a Tuesday. Because people are resilient. As long as you... As long as plan A is always the goal, I'm never going to find a plan B. Hmm. Why would I even look if every time I call you for something, you're there? Do I want to be known as reliable? Yes. But if something scientifically is reliable, it doesn't have to be 100% 
of the time for us to consider reliable, right? Condoms are not 100% reliable. We still use them. <laughs> birth control is Need not 100% control. reliable. We still use it. Advil, Tylenol, no medicine, honestly, is 100% reliable. We still use it. So if something or someone is, we do not have to be everybody's 100% in order for us to be considered reliable people. Mm. Two folks. And so we have to look at our guilt because our guilt usually comes, honestly, from neglecting boundaries with ourselves, not with other people. The guilt comes from telling yourself no, not telling them no. It comes from what are, what are these people going to do? How are they going to survive without me? That's your own boundary work. That is why am I sustaining my self-worth on what I can do for other people? How I present for other people? How I show up for other people? What do I need to do so that my self-worth is found in, like, how I take care of myself on a Saturday? Which is what I'd rather be doing anyway than doing what you asked me to do. <laughs> so I said no. They got pissed off, hung up the phone, whatever. But, like, I feel guilty about saying no. Am I still going to go get my toes done? Yes. <laughs> Am I still going to go, you know, peruse and target until they tell me what I need? Yes. And the answer is because I created a boundary for myself where I said, okay, me first a little bit, right? Like, God, mm-hmm. then me. That's it. If that's your religion. Um, but the way that she puts it in this book that I thought was interesting was the same way that they put it in airplanes, which is putting on your oxygen mask first. Mm-hmm. And how life is really about that. Like, we put on our oxygen mask first, and then we help others in need. That includes children. And so we have to be very careful and cognizant about when we start to say we don't have any time for ourselves, it means we are putting our oxygen mask on last. Mm. I don't have any time. I'm stressed. I got this on my plate. I got that on my plate. Then my mom want me to come do this. Then my friends want me to be there on Saturday night. Then they stress. They're going through what they're going through. I just don't. I don't even need dread answering the phone. Man. And so you're overwhelmed turns into resentment. Then you start to be, that's what mm-hmm. not answering the phone comes from. That's resentment. That's like, I don't even want to talk. Don't want to be involved. Don't want to talk. <laughs> Sounds like my life. Don't want to deal. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because certain resentment people, comes just, from not setting limits. Yeah. Certain people, I just know what they're calling for. And I just like, uh-uh. I'm not. Oh, Lord. Did you pass the collection plate around again? I thought service was over. <laughs> but it, it's all, and then, so this is a, so this book on boundaries, the first chapter alone uh, wrecked my life, and I put the book down, and I was like, I don't got time for her drama. But it's a good book to read! Ooh. Because listen, that thing so my life. It's called um, Set Boundaries, Find Peace. Um, it's available on all your social media and platforms. She's really good on Amazon, all that jazz. She's, um, you see people repost her on social media sites all the time. But I read the first couple chapters and was like, this lady is talking directly to me and I do not have time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, you read that? I, that I can't do it. It's like a sermon on a Sunday. Ooh. Yes, Lord. It's like, oh, help us all. <laughs> 
Lord, you just knew I had to come to church this, this, this good morning mm-hmm. and get this here word. Why are you, why are you reading me this morning? Why? <laughs> yes. That's what our mental health is about. Yeah, our mental health is about well, that. That's why I feel like I've been read this whole time. This Welcome to the read. <laughs> oh, God. Um, reading is fundamental. <laughs> but that's what, but boundaries are the, the root of all of this. Like, if we don't set, all therapy is about grief, right? So we all come to therapy because we're grieving something, whether that's our life didn't turn out the way we wanted it to, a bad breakup, parental relationship. What am I doing in my career? Where am I in my life? For some reason, I feel overweight or for some reason, I'm having problems with food or whatever. It's all grief. And so the biggest part of our grief work is being able to get your feet up under you again. And that's what setting boundaries does is it helps you put your feet back up under you and kind of establish rules of the road going forward like mm, no we're not overextending ourselves as much anymore and that takes practice and that's what therapists are here for is to walk you through okay so did we do that or to challenge you like maybe our boundaries are too rigid maybe we're saying no to everybody and we should start saying yes to some people because your mama don't like you right like <laughs> she keep calling you you know talk to your mama what's going on so um there is some space for that. Mm. And that's what therapy is for. It's to help you work through some spaces. It's to help you kind of maneuver through the spaces that we walk through in life. Because it's not it's not the easiest thing in the world to do this thing. And I don't know who told us that it was. But everybody has had their own way of trying to cover it up. And I know that we thought that mm-hmm. other generations before us did not have these problems. They had car parties on Saturday night. They had... You know, alcohol problems. They had the war on drugs. Okay, they had all types of stuff happening that we don't we listen the veil off of in this generation. But it's a hard and a heavy lift, mm-hmm. and it's something that yes, Lord. it's not always easy to talk about being depressed. But so was your mom for a period of time. She just stayed in her room and slept a lot, and you just didn't see it. You just thought your mama worked a lot. Your mom had a full-on depressive episode. You get what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. we just, we didn't know at the time what that was. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad we're open about it. Yeah, me too. I just don't want to be living in it and not realizing living in it and wondering why I feel the way I feel. Like, why do I feel like crying? Like, there's no reason for me to be sad at this moment in time. But, God, dog, I want to just... Just ball my eyes out. There's nothing like a good cry, though. Agreed. And when I do it, I feel better. But Lord have mercy. Sometimes just be coming at the wrong time. I'm like, calm down. I'm trying to watch Law and Order Criminal Intent. I'm trying to know who the killer is. Why am I feeling these things? <laughs> I and that's like when it's time to sit with yourself and ask it. yourself. Yeah. yeah. And I do. And so I sit there and like, so then I have to pause the show and I have to like go through my my everything, just my day, my month, like, what are these thousand things? That's why I'm a big fan of a list. I have to write down everything, everywhere, in several different places, mm-hmm. so I can keep, or at least attempt to keep myself focused, to try and avoid that brain fog, because it is horrible. Well, it was horrible, but I'm trying to get it better. <laughs> the list definitely helped. <laughs> Listen. If y'all only listeners, if y'all only knew how many times Constance had to ask me for something for this podcast, she was like, hey, are you still coming for Sunday? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be there. 
I'm just busy, and and I know you see me posting stuff on Instagram. That is me mindlessly trying to manage my stress. Um, that's just that's <laughs> me trying to avoid. That's me trying to avoid the real world this week. Like I'm tired. Um, it's okay. And honestly, I feel like I was aggravating you. Girl, no, absolutely no. I needed that. That's why I was like, I'm gonna get it to you. I'm so sorry. I'm stressed. I am teaching. I got students teaching tested positive for COVID. I'm stressed. Um, I feel you. And there, but there's a space where you have to live within your own self, where you can mitigate that for yourself and say, okay, so even if we can't identify directly, pinpoint directly what these feelings came from, right? So even if we don't realize that the crying came from four days ago, we got our feelings hurt from a comment somebody said in passing. Even identifying where it hurts, like we were with children, right? If a children, if a kid came to you and said, where does it hurt? You go, oh, a kid came to you and said, hey, I hurt myself. You'll say, well, where does it hurt? And they have to explain it to you. Like, oh, I hurt my finger, right? The same way that that happens is the same way that we have to recognize where our pain is in our own bodies. Like, does it feel like a pack of books on my chest? Are my hands clammy? Am I sweating? Can I just not catch my breath, right? Do I feel my full weight of my body like I just got out of a pool? Like, how do I feel in this moment? Do I feel like I can't say the next sentence? Is it unexplainable? And maybe sometimes it's appropriate to even write or color through those things, or even just listen to music through those things and kind of identify with where those feelings are coming from because sometimes we don't always have the words to explain it, but our bodies always tell us. Yeah, It has its own natural built-in, you know, alarms for that reason. Yeah, I definitely feel whatever is happening in my mind and my on my body first before I realize what's happening for sure. For sure. Oh, this has been so great. I'm so glad that you all invited me. I know we went well over time, but I'm always willing oh. to talk about life and mental health. It's my favorite. Ah. Honey, we feel your passion. Girl. For real. Thank you. We are here for it. Oh. It's fantastic. Well, anytime you want to come back, girl, just let us know. We yeah. <laughs> about You're like we need to have a whole other episode about boundaries. We can talk about a whole episode. We can talk about boundaries. We can talk about gaslighting. We can talk about everything. When girl. when is the proper time to use your coping skills? When it's not everything. It's, there's this is kind of the the lift that you do in therapy is somebody kind of helping you through the work that has to get done. And it's not always easy to say, hey, I was in this space last week. I know I thought I was good, but, like, this week it sucks. Um, and I'll walk through that with my own yeah. therapist. As a therapist, she's always like, let me, and I'm like, man, I know. But <laughs> but do I, even in my own problem, like, I'm too close to the problem to see the problem. So, yeah, do I? You're in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Dora the Explorer is the thick of it. You hear me? <laughs> so, Denise, where can our listeners follow you and support your future endeavors? Oh, um, you can follow me at Root to Results. That's R O O T S T O R E S U L T S R V A for Richmond, Virginia. And all the social media platforms is Instagram. Um, and Twitter, and then your Facebook, I believe if you type that in, the same thing will come up, but if not, type in Roots to Results Counseling, 
and the Facebook page will come up. And I'm based out of Richmond, Virginia, um, and you will find some helpful tips and tricks there. Yes. Girl, this is fantastic. Thank we are you. so, so thankful that you've come. Thank you for inviting to, me. It's uh, only reason I'm so excited. Yes. <laughs> yes, girl. Yeah, we're going to have to have another special episode with you, child. We're going to have to unpack some things. Come on in the room. You need to start your own podcast. <laughs> Listen. If I didn't already know you, you'd be my damn therapist. Listen. I, <laughs> I don't even be wanting to talk about it. I'd be like, after the day is over, I'd just be like, Lord. I know. I'm on my own story in this. Um, but I, I, that's the concern. I, I just love talking to people about it. I'm very glad that you all invited me here today. It's an honor. Thank you. Yes. Oh, no, no Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. All the gems and the second round of the collection plate. Okay. We have been yes, blessed. Lord. Mm. Listen, we, have been, we are covered. Look, take up the house offering for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Constance, this is your favorite. Where did you get your Pinot Grigio from? What's your brand and what's your what's your brand? Well, honestly, I'm a little sad because this isn't my new usual brand of Pinot. I, I got mine from Lidl, um, which for all of you that may not know, that is like Aldi's sister company. Um, but it was $8.99 and I, oh, Lord Jesus. I guess I'm just a cheap hoe because I, that was just seemed so high <laughs> to me. I was like, sweet Jesus, $9 for a bottle of wine? Usually I'm paying two ninety five. But our Aldi's on the fritz right now. But it's called um, Del Venenzi. It's from Italia. Made in Italy. And it's pretty good. Like when I first tasted it, I don't know. It was almost like, I hate to say buttery. But you know how Chardonnay tastes? Like a, <laughs> I mean, like, it's like, I don't know. It's something thick about it. Mm-hmm. So at first it tasted that way. But, you know, it still, it gave them good notes of lemon that I just love. It just goes down so smooth. Lord have mercy. Drinking mm-hmm. Pinot Grigio while you cook. You'll get lost in the bottle. You're like, damn, where'd it go? <laughs> no, no. Well, I'll ship my bottle to you then. Okay. Oh. Because that Winkin' Owl Pinot Grigio is fan-fucking-tastic. I have the Winkin' Owl version of Pinot Grigio, and it's not bad. I can give it another try. Um, The one that I... The Winkin' Owl from Aldi is a semi-dry. For the smooth two ninety five, as Constance would mm. say. Lord, I miss it. That was hurtful. So if you're willing to try, you're only losing like $3. Right. Yeah, I have the Winkin' Owl one too. Um, I really, I usually get the, damn, I can't remember the name of it. I think it's like Diatori or something like that. It comes in this blue bottle and it has like <gasps> this white and blue. Um, yes, it was so pretty and I wanted to buy mm-hmm. it. It's a little high. Yeah, it's about, it's $9, $10. Unless you can find it on sale though. 
Um, oh, but that's yeah, like yeah. Like 13. Oh 13. no, I usually get it when it's on. Oh, it usually is expensive. That brand is a little expensive, but I usually get it when it's like nine dollars or something. Um, but it's good. I really like that brand. But I went to Aldi at one point and I just bought a bunch of wines and. I just happen to want this <laughs> over here. The wink and owl is so tempting. It's like I could have, I could have them all for two ninety five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just, yeah, it don't hurt you because mm -hmm. it's two ninety five. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you're not losing anything. And like you said, if you don't like it, it's only three damn dollars. Yeah, I mean, but it's good though. It don't give me a headache yeah. the next day, so I'm good. Mm -mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I like this. This is my old faithful. Yeah, I definitely like this one. I know Mo probably don't like it because she liked the sweeter things, which surprised me because you like Prosecco. I know. Well, the brand that I had in our previous episode was a little bit more tart than I'm used to. But oh, the okay. Members Mark, I like that one. Okay. And some are sweeter than others. Some, yeah. Like the, the Prosecco I get from Costco is not that sweet by itself. It it has a good taste, but it's it's not that sweet by itself. Meanwhile, you know, if I go and buy like Andre, which is not Prosecco, but it's a sparkling wine. Same effect. Some of those you can drink by themselves. Like that blush one by Andre. Oh, my Lord. Ooh. I don't need no juice in that. And if I do, I'll do like a splash of orange, honey. I don't have to do nothing with that. Is Thank that what it. we're trying on next week? I mean, we can. Don't go hurt me. Okay. I have to look, go back and look and make sure that's the right one I'm talking about. I know I found it at the Kroger. Me and my cousin had it because we usually drink wine when she come over. Boy, that thing was good. That thing was so good. <laughs> <laughs> and if you guys have any suggestions for the wines, of course, you know, hit up our email or hit up our Instagram. Let us know what you like, what you want us to try, what you like. Right. right. What, what you, you sipping like? on? Sip, sip, sip. Yeah, and we'll try anything, guys. We really will. Mm-hmm. Now, like, we're, we're down to try a white and or red, even though we've been drinking a lot of white on this. This because it's what we're used to. But we're down to try a red. We're, we're down. I can't wait to see Mo's face when we try red. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it. It's, it's a slow sipping wine. It's, I don't know. There's something about a red. It's you because it's bougie, but I, I don't know. There's something about a red. I, you, you can't suck down red, I feel like, the way you can suck down white. What? <laughs> the hell? Okay, we're putting on wine with wine. What y'all got to talk about today? Wine with wine. What you got to talk about? Wine with wine. Tell us your grievances. Wine with wine. <laughs> okay, soundtrack. <laughs> this is how I be talking to my kids when I want them to follow directions. I be singing that shit out on the fly. I can't. Oh, I'm God. with it. I think we permanently have a soundtrack for Wine with Wine. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Does anybody have a wine that they can think of off top? Yes. I mean, given it. the episode that we just recorded, my wine is a simple fuck you to the fuck men that have <laughs> fucks me over. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's my that's my statement and I'm sticking to it. And that's yeah. it. That's it. That's all. You know who you are. And you tried it. Child. I might have to co-sign that, friend. Yeah. Gosh th- damn it. You know what? Like, me and you was looking at each other so hard that whole time. We was talking about it. I said, this is some baby back bullshit. I cannot <laughs> believe. <laughs> Not baby back. Said, baby back bullshit. I heard that on The Longest Yard. <laughs> with Adam Sandler and all them people. Honey, let me tell you something. I cannot believe that we endured the nonsense that we endured, Monique, knowing that we're better than that. And I feel like that for any woman. Like, I know you got to go through it and get through it to, you know, learn that lesson. But shit fire. Just, just, uh, just, uh, <laughs> just, uh, and because we're good women that want to please our men and beyond the physical, like right. we have good intentions. Now we realize like shit, it was taken for granted and I could, I should have walked away a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I, I feel like I was not necessarily part of the solution either because I mm. did my dirt too. But I, I think I hated that I didn't just walk the fuck away mm-hmm. instead of swimming in that toxic waste. <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just swam in it and just went tit for tat and fucked up on my own. But even still, fuck you, bro. <laughs> Bottom line. Just fuck you for being just raggedy. Like, yeah. you know, I hope you're doing good or whatever, but just, ugh. Like, ugh. I think I'm more mad at myself than I am at you. Yeah. I'm, I'm so mad at myself for enduring that bullshit when I knew better. Or at least I, I there was something going on in my mind that lets me say, bitch, why the fuck are you dealing with this shit? Just why? Mm-hmm. And then the day that I woke up and I said that to myself and I reacted on it, it mm-hmm. was the day he was like, who is this and why are you acting like that? Why am I acting like this? This is the second chick that has come to me saying that you were talking to them at the same time you were dating me. I have every right to be upset. Right. And don't try to calm the beast that you have created where you fucked up is you didn't know that I could go there. So you thought that you were always going to be able to control and be this manipulator that you are, but you had another thing coming. So yes, I'm going to exist in this space right now. Yeah. See, I just was a hateful bitch and decided to find somebody else. (laughs) Well, I say somebody, I found another dick. Let's, 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 we, that's what I did. I just found another dick. And then when he had a foolish, foolish thought to ask me, why? Nigga, you have been warned and told what I needed, what I wanted in this relationship, and you didn't give a fuck. You did not care. You were concerned about your own pleasures, what you wanted from me. It was all about you. And then when I wanted something, it was a problem. So I went somewhere else and got what I wanted. And it was little, but I went somewhere else, and that that bothered you. And it didn't hurt me that it bothered you. I kind of liked that it bothered you, actually. It was kind of funny. <laughs> she said I went for the little, and it was still satisfying. No, I didn't mean he was little. 
I meant oh. for the thing that I wanted, the part of, like, I wanted big shit from him, but I got one small thing from another dude. I got sex from him. That's all I, that's all I needed from him. I didn't need feelings, mm-hmm. but that's what I wanted from you. I wanted love and support and care and give a damn from you. You wouldn't give it to me. So I cope with that by fucking somebody else. No, he wasn't little at all. He was, he was mighty large. <laughs> Mighty large. <laughs> yes. Jamond, I know that Lord. we merged and co-signed on this one, Wine with Wine, yes. but where, where are your your sentiments today? Yes. Now? Tell us where your heart is. My sentiments are on the people who take advantage of me because they know I'm going to say yeah, and they know that I'm just going to do it because I'm nice. My sentiments are also with family members who feel like because they do something for me, I have to do something for them. Like, what? Like, is this how this works? And now I'm programmed and I'm conditioned to work with people and feel like I need to do this favor for you because you did a favor for me. Or I need to do this favor for you because I may have to ask for a favor of you in the future. And it shouldn't be that way. No. So I'm upset because I need to definitely set this year of no. I need to establish it, set some parameters, you know, some guidelines for myself because I need to do this. I need to make sure I tell the people no because I just don't want to. And that's fine. I I don't know where. And I'm really wondering now, like I said, where the fuck do we get that from? I know mine, I, me personally, I know mine came from family. I know mine is, they just was like, oh, if someone helps you, you help them. It's just like a a tit for tat and that's not how it should be. It definitely shouldn't be a tit for tat situation. And I'm still working on it. There's sometimes I say no and there's sometimes I be like, yeah, but I I just, I need to work on just saying no because most of the time I want to be like, no, and get that F out of my face. (laughs) like the f out of my face (laughs) for real i feel that so my my eyes have been open to that for real what was the song we were singing yesterday um oh from charlotte oh i I don't fuck with you oh yeah (laughs) he's got a channel big sean every time i don't fuck with you you little stupid ass bitch, I ain't fucking with you. Hey. You little, you little dumb ass bitch, I ain't fucking with you. I got a million trillion things I'd rather fucking do than to be <laughs> fucking, fucking with, with you. you. <laughs> <laughs> little stupid bitch. <laughs> you little stupid bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, two plus two not knowing what the fuck it is, bitch. <laughs> Set these boundaries. I really want this book now. I really want to go look for this book. Yeah. Oh, oh I, I found it. Mm-hmm. On the Audible. Yeah. I need to listen to it because I I downloaded Shonda's Year of Yes. Didn't didn't read it. Didn't listen to it because I was like I don't want to do that. Because it's one thing I say no too much and I'll have FOMO, but if I say yes too much, I'm drained. Because I have to I have to pull back and be like, go away. I don't want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, but I definitely found the book. It's $22.99 for a hardcover on Amazon, Audible. You know, you get your free, you know, book every month. And then on Kindle, it's $14.99. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Well, if you guys have any questions you want to um, submit to us, we definitely do it at Unestablished Podcasts at gmail.com the link will be in the bio as Mo likes to say (laughs) the link is in the bio and um, for sure hit us up on Instagram unestablished podcast we are here and um, ready to answer your questions and we may ask a couple questions too on Instagram so take a look at that as well because we need answers QTNA yes lord QTNA Anything? Reminds, wanna know. Facts. <laughs> okay. Anything else you guys want to add to today's? No. Mm-mm. No, let me set it all, child. All right. Well, Mo, go ahead and take us out. Cheers. 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 <laughs> <laughs>